I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to our new show, House of Champions. YouTube friends, drop in your comments and questions in the chat and make sure you smash the like and subscribe buttons as we talk with the main man himself, Fabrizio Romano. Here we go. Let's have it, baby. I'm enjoying. I'm delighted to be joined by the hardest working and most lovable man on the internet, Fabrizio. How you doing, buddy? All good, all good, my friend. Thank you, as always. Always a pleasure to be here and uh, ready for this Final Champions League week before the World Cup and then back in February with the Champions League. So, important one. Hey, before we get into some of the questions, Fab, what's it like for you? Do you get an opportunity to go watch games live in person? And when you do get the chance to go watch these games, do people want to take pictures? They want to ask for (laughs) news? Like, is it hard for you to even watch a game? No, no, no. It's not that hard, but it depends. eh? It depends. Last time I was in Barcelona, this time I will be, for example, in Munich. And uh, in Barcelona was absolutely crazy. eh? In Barcelona was crazy. So I have to say thanks to to Barca fans. But honestly, it depends by the series, but a lot of passion. And uh, I still think it's crazy because I'm just a journalist. I'm not a player, but I really love it. And so... It's it's really good for me. It's really important. You go, you know, to go to go around because you have the chance to meet with uh, sometimes with players, sometimes with agents, sometimes with directors, and so it's easy to see the news out when it's January or maybe summer transfer window. But then building these kind of relationships now during the Champions League games is really really important for me. Hey, trust me, you are so much more than just a journalist when it comes to the thank beautiful you, game. You. So much more, an encyclopedia of the brain and someone very special and important to our sport as well. Thanks to everybody out there for joining us today. If you've got a question for Fabrizio, please drop it in the comments. I'll try to get the best and as many as possible out to Fabrizio as possible. But I want to begin with Antonio Conte and his future at Spurs. I mean, Spurs will most likely try to do everything to keep Antonio Conte, won't they? Yes, they will. They will. They are prepared to, to back Antonio Conte to give him basically what he wants. So they're prepared to make this proposal. From what I'm told, to be 100% clear, I was checking also today morning and what I'm told is that there is still no proposal on the table. So there are not direct negotiations yet between Antonio Conte and Tottenham because they know Antonio. And Antonio is now 100% focused on Premier League, on Champions League group. There is an important game in Marseille. So he doesn't want to enter into contract talks now. There is this World Cup break. There is the perfect opportunity to discuss. So the proposal, the official proposal, I think will arrive in November, in December, not during these final games of the of the first part of the season. And then they will negotiate. There will be a negotiation. I'm told that it's not going to be 
the money because, for example, Antonio's contract now, uh, he, he's having a lower salary than what he had Chelsea and Inter. So it's not about the money, but it's about the project. He wants to make sure about uh, Tottenham project is something that is going to be ambitious in the next in the next years. And it's also about the family. It's also about the family because Antonio always decides his future together with his wife, with his family, with his daughters. And so there are many important points to, to discuss. He will take some time. So I don't expect Conte to sign a new deal with Tottenham next week or in two weeks. It will take time to negotiate, to decide together. But Tottenham will do their best to keep Antonio Conte. Yeah, I think there's no doubt, obviously, the job he's done has been fantastic. You know him very well as well for what he has done around the world's game. But I guess you mentioned the key word right there was the project. What will Spurs be able to provide for him as far as a project? Will they give him a lot of money to spend in the transfer market? And if they do, where do you think that Spurs will look to try and improve on their squad? I think there are many, many areas where he wants, Antonio wants the, the club to, to improve the squad uh, because he always mentions uh, the, the other clubs no? in England. He says yeah. we are not at the same level. And I understand, Antonio, honestly, it's not easy eh? because when he arrived at Tottenham, it was one year ago. It seems 10 years ago, but it was just one year ago. The situation was really difficult and now they are in Champions League. They are competing very well in Premier League. So they're doing very well. So he wants the club to invest in different areas. He always says we need maybe three, four, five transfer market sessions to be at the same level of that kind of clubs like Man City, Liverpool and many others. And so I think there are many, many areas. For example, uh, centre-back, they need one more uh, in 2023. Goalkeeper situation, Hugo Lloris is doing very well, but yeah. with his agent, so they really need one for, the, one for the future. Also, in the midfield area, he wants something else for the future. So there are many, many areas when he was new, new signings. And it takes time. He knows that it takes time because they had a very good summer. They signed many players, but to be at the level of the top clubs, it needs time. It takes time. And so Antonio... Is going to wait for sure. January, something is going to happen. I expect Tottenham to sign a new player, one or two players in January. And then we will see what he will decide for the summer transfer window. Fab, we got a great comment coming in from Matt. He said, that club is cursed. No manager, no matter how good he is, can win the title with Spurs. I guess the question would be, as we wrap up on Spurs, would be, can they keep a hold of Harry Kane? I mean, this guy is obviously one of the hottest strikers in the world's game. But I guess key to winning titles or lifting trophies at that football club might just be keeping a hold of Harry Kane. Yes, this is really important. And this is really important. And what I can say is that Tottenham... Um, know how important, of course, is to keep Harry Kane, but also know how big is the connection between Harry Kane and Antonio Conte. Yeah. I think if Harry Kane is still at Tottenham right now, is also thanks to Antonio Conte and Fabio Paratici, the Italian director who decided to bring in Antonio, uh, because he was not so happy with Tottenham project before Antonio. We know how difficult was the situation one year and a half ago when he wanted to go to Man City. Uh, with Nuno, the feeling was not so, so good, so strong. And then with Conte, everything changed because they have this kind of mentality. They want to win. Both are obsess obsessive with winning titles. And so I think the Conte's future is going to be really important to understand also Kane's future because Tottenham want to offer him a new deal. They will decide also on the, on the Kane situation very soon with a new contract proposal. But it's really important to understand what happens with Conte also for Harry Kane. Last question coming in about Spurs here from Bragan Clasper. He says, hey Fab, is Bastoni still a target for Spurs? Not for January. Bastoni in January is staying uh, because for Inter is a key player. They are going to play the next stage of Champions League. So he's not leaving. In the summer, we will see. It depends on Antonio, if Antonio will still be there. It depends on Inter strategy. It's too early to say. But in January, nothing will happen for Bastoni. Let's talk about Manchester United in the transfer window and Ten Hag. Uh, it sounds like Ten Hag will get a lot of money to spend in the transfer market. Which areas of the field do you think Manchester United need to improve on? And what are you hearing behind the scenes? <laughs> 
So, uh, first point, the priority will be a new right back. I think Eritan Hag was really clear after the last game with Aston Villa. He said of, we need uh, to have two important fullbacks, on, two on the left and two on the right. And so, on, of course, on the left, they have Luke Shaw and Malasia who are doing very well. On the right, Diogo Dalot is having probably the best season of his life. He's doing fantastic scoring goals, providing assists, but he's always playing. Wan-Bissaka is never playing. And so, in January, the priority will be to find a solution for Wan-Bissaka and then to bring in a new a new right back. Jeremy Frimpong from Bayer Leverkusen is one of the players they are scouting. They have sent their scout multiple times to follow him. Not just Man United, eh? because also Chelsea, for example, sent their scouts for Jeremy Frimpong. But I'm told that Bayer Leverkusen will try to keep him at least till the end of the season. So it's not going to be an easy negotiation. But May United in general will look for a new a new right back. They wanted Serginho Dest in the final days of the August market, but it was not possible to proceed because of one Bissaka, what the end stayed at, at, uh, at May United. Yeah. And so I think right back is the priority. Striker situation remains a priority for 2023 in general for May United. I expect them to sign a new striker in 2023. I think it's not going to be easy in January. It could depend on the World Cup. Let's see, for example, Jonathan David, how he will perform. Let's see Koli Gakpo. So there are many players uh, at the World Cup who could be interesting. But in January, it's not easy. If it's not going to be January, it's going to be in the summer because they want a proper number nine, also because of Marcel injuries, also because of Cristiano Ronaldo's contract situation. And so they are looking for a new striker in 2023. It's really interesting to me, obviously, we've seen Manchester United improve in that midfield area, bringing Casemiro in outstanding, bringing Eriksen outstanding, two great appointments, two players who are playing very well for Manchester United right now. But one name that just won't go away is Declan Rice. And he made comments about every player has a dream to play for Manchester United in the Premier League. Why won't that story go away about Declan Rice moving to Manchester United? I think it's normal. Uh, some months is Manchester United, some months is Chelsea, some months will be Manchester City. It's normal because he's an English player, he's a fantastic player and it's normal to be attracted to many top clubs. So I think it's absolutely normal to have this kind of rumours. At the same point, it's important to mention. First of all, as I always say when I mention Declan Rice, we have to remember West Ham position because they've always been really strong on the Declan Rice situation. He has a long-term contract because they can say, OK, it's two years deal. Yes, but he has, they have an option to extend his contract for one more season. So it's potentially a three-year deal. They feel protected. They want Declan to be the face of the project on long term. And so it's not going to be easy uh, for all the clubs to, to sign Declan Rice. And also my United, this is just my personal opinion, eh? because as of today, there are no negotiations. But yeah. my personal opinion is after investing 80, 85 million on Casemiro, who is a defensive midfielder, who is now adapting the Premier League football, new system, new manager, new teammates, and he's now doing very well. I don't see them investing 150, 60 millions on Declan Rice. I see them investing that kind of money, big money, on a striker more than a central defensive midfielder. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, uh, real quickly before we go to break, Fabrizio, I want to get your comment as a fan, obviously, personally as well. De Gea being left out of the Spanish national team doesn't really make much sense to me, especially it's a, like a 60-man roster, and he's been performing so well for Manchester United. So as a fan, you know, what are your thoughts on De Gea being left out of the Spanish team? I think there is a lot of disrespect uh, for David De Gea since long time. Eh? Uh, every mistake that can happen for goalkeepers, we know it's about the moments, is always criticized a lot, on, not just on social media, but also on the press. A lot of criticism for, for David De Gea. And then when he's having incredible games, important games, he doesn't have a lot of credit. So I think he's a really important goalkeeper. I agree with you. It is surprising to see him out of the of the squad for the World Cup, of the 60-man squad for the World Cup. And... Uh, 
and I'm really surprised, honestly. I think he's really underrated in some moments. Maybe he's not the best goalkeeper in the world, but he's a really important goalkeeper. So let's see what Man United will decide with him, eh? because he's out of contract next summer. They have an option as for Rashford, Dalot, and many others to extend the contract, but still no decision made, and it will be on Aiton Hag. He will decide, I think, November, December, he will meet with the board and decide on the contract situation for De Gea, for Dalot, for Rashford, for Luke Shaw, and many others. And so I'm really curious to see what happens, but... I really like I really like David Gea, honestly. All right, just a reminder for everybody out there, please make sure you like and subscribe. Let's just do it, okay? Don't even ask questions. I want you to just like and subscribe. If you can ask a question, keep them coming there. There's a good one coming in about Facundo Torres. We'll get to that one just after the break. But right now, we're going to have a quick break. Fabrizio will be back just in a moment when we return. But keep those questions coming in. You're next. It's your turn. House of Champions. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, if you're looking for a month free Paramount Plus action, P Plus have a one month free trial. Offer code UEFA22 or scan the QR code on the screen. Just follow the link in the description if you'd like to get one month free action of Paramount Plus. There is so much to look forward to, including Match Day 6, which is coming up this week in the Champions League. You're watching House of Champions. It's Ian Joy alongside the legendary Fabrizio Romano. We're discussing all things football, transfers, news, personal stories, whatever it may be. I'm going to get to one of the questions right now before we move on to Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Gerald is asking, please talk about Facundo Torres to Arsenal, Fabrizio. What do you got? Nothing advanced yet, my friend. I see that there are many, many stories on this one. And I think it's normal when you have Arsenal or any other English club scouting players that it's absolutely normal for important clubs like Arsenal. It's normal to have this kind of stories. At the moment, it's not something like done or, or agreed or advanced. It's one of the players they are following, as many, many others. But uh, I think it's not easy sometimes to communicate on that. But top clubs like Arsenal always send their scouts in all the areas of the world. And it's normal to have players, important players scouted by top clubs. So at the moment, there's nothing else. Then let's see if they will decide to make a bid to, 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 to push on negotiations. But at the moment, it's still too early. It's not just players we talk about on House of Champions. It's also the coaches and where they might end up, what they're doing right now. Let's talk about Thomas Tuchel. I mean, I'm sure there's so many rumors out there. There are a lot of clubs who'd like to have Thomas Tuchel as their manager. Um, but it sounds like he's pretty happy just taking some time away from the game at the moment. 
Yes, yes, I would say yes. From what I'm told, honestly, not so long. So I don't see Thomas Tuchel being out of football for maybe one or two years. I think as soon he will have, as soon as he will have an opportunity with an important club, he will be ready to to accept and to be back, because he's suffering of this Chelsea situation. He wanted to continue. He wanted to fight for his players, to fight for his club. He was really important on the market for Chelsea because many of the signings were decided together with Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Obama Young, Zakaria, and many others were wanted by Thomas Tuchel. And so he wasn't expected to be fired at that point of the season after the Zagreb game with, uh, with Dynamo. So he's still suffering for this kind of situation. But now he's on a break. But I see Thomas Tuchel back in football very soon. I don't see him back maybe in two, three years. I think he will have some opportunities. And once he will have some opportunities, it's going to be ready to say yes and to be, and to be back. I can't even begin to imagine what it's like for these managers. They, they go to these clubs, they buy into the project, they spend a ton of money, they build relationships with players. And within two, three years nowadays, you just see these coaches being fired. And yes. there must be so much money being spent by these football clubs on, on managers being fired. It's, just, it's almost as if there's no loyalty in the game anymore for BTO. But regardless of that, let's get back to business. Brighton had a massive win against Chelsea at the weekend. I hope you watched the game. Deserbi getting his first win for Pizzo, yes. and it was a top-class performance from Brighton with some top-class performers out there. Trossard turning it up once again. I thought he was man of the match. Uh, Caicedo and Stupinan have been absolutely fantastic for this club. Brighton have shown in the past that they are a selling club. If the right offer comes in, they will sell their best players. But what does it look like for Brighton trying to keep a hold of these players, especially those three I just mentioned? I think in January they will try to, f- to keep all of them. Honestly, this is the mission from what I'm told. They will try to keep all, of the, all these players also because they know how important it is to give Roberto Rezzerbi some time to work with these players. Uh, and so also to have this opportunity to have kind of pre-season during the international break is important for him to, to build a relationship with his players, to bring his ideas and his system into the, into the club. And so this is why I don't see them selling these players in January. In the summer, it could be different, especially for Trossard. He's out of contact in the summer, but they have an option to extend for further season. And for what I told, of course, Brighton will trigger that option because he's a fantastic player. And so his contract has to be considered till 2024 with mm-hmm. Brighton. For Moises Caicedo, uh, I can tell you that he was one of the players in Manchester United list before they decided to go for Casemiro. You remember when there was the Rabiot situation. They wanted Rabiot from, from Juventus. Then there was an agreement with the player. And one of the players they considered in the list for the midfield was Moises Caicedo, but was not possible to negotiate with Brighton because after selling Cucurella, they didn't want to proceed also with, with Caicedo. So there will be a lot of interest for Caicedo, I think, in the summer, not in January, in the summer. A lot of clubs ready to approach Brighton. Let's see what they will decide to do, because I think the price tag will be really, really important. It's not about 40, 50 millions as I see around. I think it will be way more than this. Three or four minutes left with the man himself, Fabrizio Romano. You're watching House of Champions. Um, Last night was a very difficult night for me, Fabrizio, because NYCFC lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, which means they don't go. I was thinking of you. Thank you. I just I need all the support I can possibly get. So everybody out there, send your love. We also had a comment at the top of the show saying, uh, "I'm really sorry to hear that NYCFC got beat." Um, but there is rumors about Major League Soccer trying to bring in some of the the biggest superstars and the biggest names. And there's just no one bigger than Lionel Messi right now. And what could potentially happen at the end of his contract this season? Um, I'm hearing more and more and more, Fabrizio, about Inter Miami potentially being able to convince Messi to come to Miami, to come to Major League Soccer. Tell me this is not just a dream. 
<laughs> no, no. Let, let me say, first of all, that this information today morning was from uh, the athletic David Ornstein, who is a fantastic journalist. And so everything is from David for me uh, is, is always super respected because it's fantastic. And uh, I wanted to say that because it's, it's, it's great and it's important. But at the same point, I was checking on this story. Uh, and what I'm told on Leo Messi's situation is that, first of all, I expect one day, as we mentioned here many times, Leo Messi to play in MLS, to play with Inter Miami. They are 100% sure that one day it will happen. But from what I'm told, it's not decided yet. Uh, it's, not, it's not decided yet that it will be next summer. This is the point. Leo has not made any decision yet. As of today, this is my information. No decision on Barcelona, no decision on Inter Miami, no decision on, on PSG. Let me say that Leo now is 100% focused, people close to him guarantee that he's 100% focused, of course, on PSG season and in the World Cup. And then January, February, he will speak to his team, so his father, Jorge, to his lawyers, to his family, and he will decide about next season. But what I can say, information of today morning, is that from what I'm told, Leo is really happy in Paris, huh? Leo is really happy in Paris. The relationship with Christophe Galtier is excellent. And Paris Saint-Germain sources say that they will push to offer him a new deal. They will try in every way to keep Leo for one more season. And so PSG will go big on this Leo Messi situation. They will offer him a new contract. And let's see if they will be able to, to have this contract extension with Messi. For sure, Inter Miami will try. For sure, Barcelona are dreaming of Leo Messi. But no decision made yet. And so I think we have to wait at least two, three, four months to understand what happens with Leo. What do people think about Major League Soccer? I mean, you deal with players, you deal with agents, you deal with managers, you deal with clubs, you deal with pretty much everyone involved in football. You speak to a lot of people. What is their impression of Major League Soccer? Do they even like the league? Is it a league where they can see yeah, real potential of growth? Honestly, it has completely changed in the last two years, I would say. Three, four years ago, it was like retirement league, okay, it's just about the money and nothing else, personal life, it's not about football. Now it's different. Now the feeling is different. Uh, you can see important players trying to go there and to have a competitive experience, also for also with this idea to win something there. So it's not just about the money. It's not just about uh, okay living in the USA. It's something different. It's, it's growing. Of course, it takes time. It's a process. I think in the next two three years it will be even better. But for sure, to see a player like Leo Messi or maybe others joining MLS would be the perfect message, the perfect statement. So I think they just miss this kind of step, and that would be perfect for, for MLS, but I'm sure that it's changing. A lot of ages, but also a lot of players are looking at MLS with a different point of view now. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I was playing in Major League Soccer when David Beckham arrived and the impact that Beckham had on this league was absolutely sensational. It has grown so much over the last five or six years. As you had mentioned, the last two or three years, the money is getting bigger and bigger. And therefore, a lot of the better talentees, including the young talent from South America, from Europe, want to play in Major League you Soccer. Know, so Insigne, uh, I always mention Lorenzo Insigne because he had the chance to go to important European clubs eh? like Borussia Dortmund, for example. And he decided to go to, to the MLS. And this is something that maybe two, three, four years ago it was absolutely impossible for an Italian player to go to MLS instead of mm, Borussia Dortmund, for example. And he's not 37 or 36. So it has completely changed it. Yeah, all it took was 14, 15 million for Brizio to get him to come here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Fabrizio, we love you so much, man. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us. You're absolutely the best. Everybody out there watching House of Champions, make sure you follow Fabrizio on all of his social media platforms, his website as well. Great and best information, the quickest information you will find around the beautiful game. Um, Thanks to everybody out there for listening to House of Champions. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. We're also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks to everybody out there for watching. We appreciate you. Fabrizio, I appreciate you the most. You're absolutely the best. See you next time.